0: so glad to see you return once again to odds bodkins curiosity shop i am your shopkeeper chris baker and here today i want to show you something uh, and particularly interesting uh, over here on the wall, you might notice a painting, a rather large painting, a beautiful painting depicting the Aurora Borealis as seen over the skies of Iceland back in 2015. Now, this Aurora event may not be too dissimilar from one that changed the lives of several men, women and children on that fateful day and change the lives of the children yet to come from those people. And therein lies an interesting premise to which we are going to find out more as we look at the second season of the Netflix series. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at Raisin Dion Season 2. Raising Dion was a show on Netflix that uh, I watched the first season when it came out back in 2019 and uh, instantly hooked on this because it was just the right amount of I mean it could be considered a kid show but it also has some very dark and and sometimes adult centric themes Uh, this is a show that kids are going to be able to watch parents are going to be able to enjoy watching it with their kids because it deals with uh, a single mother raising a child that's it, you know, happens to have superpowers and whether you're a single parent or uh, a parent of a, a regular two-parent household uh everybody knows that raising kids can be difficult uh even without superpowers but but in particular this character dion has superpowers that he inherited from his dad who was a part of a, an aurora event uh, along with other scientists and other people's looky lose that happened to be in iceland at the time that this this happened and uh, and he has inherited superpowers uh, through his dad's exposure to this event and of course the father, Mark Warren, played by uh, Michael B. Jordan, who is actually a producer on this. His character dies mysteriously, and we're left with these two main characters. Uh, Young Dion Warren, played by uh, Josiah Young. He's 10 years old, I believe, in this, probably a little younger in the comic book, and his mother, Nicole Warren, played by Alicia Wainwright. Now, this series is based off a Uh, a one-issue comic book that came out in 2015 uh, by Dennis Liu, and i have not read this comic but uh, after seeing the first two seasons of this i really would like to see it i know a little bit about the the premise and for for the most part there's a lot of the same characters uh things are are, are a little different in the comic uh they really kind of expand things in this tv series so i'm not going to do a lot of compare and contrast because like i said it was a one-off comic uh, I'd be interested to see with the success of this if Dennis Liu wouldn't maybe do a sequel to, to Raising Dion as far as graphic novels and comics go. But season two just came out on Netflix. And we'll we'll do a brief overview of season one because I was not doing this podcast at the time that it came out. But like I said, uh, uh, Dion is being raised by his single mother, uh, Nicole Warren. And it's a lot. Season one deals with a lot of Dion learning his powers, learning that he has powers, and Nicole dealing with Uh, Raising a child, just in general, as a single mother, uh, let alone raising raising a super-powered child. Uh, She's dealing with other things, trying to to find a job to provide for her child. Navigating the world of dating. uh, There's racism issues thrown in here. Uh, There's bullying issues thrown in here. There's also some, some cuter, more childlike aspects. You know, Dion has... Uh, a friend Esperanza Jimenez played by Sammy Haney and this this little girl is just uh, about as adorable as can be she's just uh, got such a spark and a brightness to her performance and she has uh, osteogenesis imperfecta which is a brittle bone disease so she's uh, confined to a wheelchair but she really just brings a lot to this cast and into the relationship between her and Dion, because Dion, uh, you know, he was a new kid uh, at this school uh, at one point and kind of feels like a bit of an outcast, you know, he's, he's into superheroes and he's into, you know, things of that nature, genre-y stuff that we all, we all love. And And I'm sure she feels, uh, this character, Esperanza, feels uh, like a bit of an outcast as well. So they gravitate together. And to see their friendship is just, it's cute and adorable. There's another character, Jonathan King, played by Gavin Munn. And he is one of Dion's classmates. In season one, he starts out as a bully towards Dion. But then, you know, as as it happens sometimes with bullies, somebody bullies you because they don't understand you or they're jealous of you. I I believe I can't remember exactly, but I want to say Jonathan comes from a, a bad home. And once they finally find some common ground, actually Dion and Jonathan and Esperanza become Uh, Really good friends, which is where we see them pick up in season two. There's also another character, uh, Pat, played by Jason Ritter, the late John Ritter's son, Pat Rollins. He used to work with uh, Dion's father, Mark, was his best friend, and he kind of is a mentor towards Dion, Until we find out that he is uh, secretly the big bad guy of season one. And there's the big showdown. And it all ends with uh, Dion and his mom prevailing. Which is where we find ourselves in season two. Now season two uh, really kind of laid off a lot of, you know, season one just seemed to pack a lot of issues in. Uh, Single mother raising a child, single mother raising a child trying to find a job, single mother trying to raise a child and and find a job and and get back into the dating world. All that with the racism issues and the bullying issues. They even found time to throw in a little something about toxic masculinity. Uh, There was just a lot, a lot going on in that first season. They dialed back the issues in this season, but they focused primarily on Nicole trying to raise her son, raise this superpowered child, uh, keep people from figuring out that he has these superpowers because she's afraid, you know, everyone finds out he has superpowers, they're going to be after him. And the thing I really liked about this season is, one, uh, we got to see... The, the kids in this, uh, they they form this group, the Triangle of Justice, Dion, Esperanza, and Jonathan. Uh, even though Esperanza and Jonathan don't have uh, any superpowers, they have superhero names. Uh, Dion goes by the Mind Mover, and he he's always drawing uh, himself in, in this costume. It's really quite cute. It reminds me of me and my best friend when we were kids, you know, pretending to be superheroes. So that was a lot of fun. And that was that added some some lightness and some cuteness to the to the whole series. But another cool thing I liked about this is not only seeing that friendship between those three, but we got to meet other people with superpowers. And that was kind of cool. And that kind of felt like this world that we're in. it's not just Dion. And Nicole, it's it's a bigger world now. We've got more people uh, into their circle, and more people with powers. Dion's trainer Tevin, played by Rome Flynn, I, I thought he did a really good job. There was Aubriana uh, Davis, uh, plays Janelle Carr. Uh, she's a 15 year old girl. She has powers as well, and uh, and both I, I thought did a really good job with these characters and made the characters interesting enough that I, I, I want to see more of them. I, I really kind of hoped this story was looking like it was going to go one direction, and I thought that would be an interesting direction to take this show and learn more about these these kind of side characters, uh, push them more to the forefront. We didn't get that, and I'll kind of explain that later. Uh, it may be a little spoilery, but I will forewarn you before I get into too much spoiler territory. But we see the return of Pat sans powers. He's lost his powers. He's no longer the crooked man as Dion labels him. And that's that's kind of one of the fun things about this is that Dion is a kid. And he's looking at this through the eyes of the kid. So everybody's name, all these superheroes and villains, they're named after... Uh, things he's called them Uh, the crooked man is like this storm lightning type character and so lightning is crooked that's why he calls him the crooked man he moves things with his mind Dion calls himself the mind mover it's very childlike in in its in its innocence and and to me that just uh, that's the kind of stuff that puts a smile on your face because I was that kid growing up but Pat's back, and he no longer has his powers. The crooked man has left him. Uh, the crooked man is now in a new character that we got introduced to as kind of a, a tertiary character in season one. Brayden Mills. He's a he's another little nine, ten year old kid, uh, played by Griffin Robert Faulkner, and and this kid really does a good job because uh, he plays in in the. Bits he's in season one, the reoccurring role he's in in season one. He just has this this sweet innocence about him. He's kind of got this round cherubic face, and it seems like a really sweet kid. But he gets overtaken by the crooked man darkness. And in season two, he's kind of the bad guy in this sort of uh, a reluctant bad guy, uh, a reluctant villain, and he has that ability to play that sweetness and that kind of uh, like I said, get that cherubic face. He's got the kind of cheeks that grandmothers just want to pinch and he's got that sweetness about him that kind of draws you in. But then He's got this, this stare, this way he looks at people that just, it reminds me of the kid who played Damien in the Omen, just very haunting and eerie and unsettling. And he just played that part really well. Um, so I really liked the new characters they added. I liked the, the characters like, uh, the Braden character that they bumped up to a, a main character in season two. Um, I, I really do like Alicia Wainwright in this role as the mom, uh, of course, she's no stranger to, to genre. She's in that, uh, that TV show shadow hunters. I believe it was, uh, she had a recurring role in, in in season two and she kind of became a a main cast member in season three the final season that show that's a show i started to watch i never really finished it but it's a show i'd like to go back and watch and now that i've seen uh alicia wainwright in in raising dion i i want to go back and see her because I enjoyed her in this and uh, I want to get to the point where she's in in this uh, Shadowhunter show in season two and see how her performance is there and kind of compare and contrast a little bit. But uh, I really enjoy her. I really buy her as the single mom that's just you've got the weight of the world on her shoulders and she's trying to juggle so many things and just protect her kid. Uh, maybe to, to the point where she can be a little overbearing in her protectiveness, uh, which every kid hates. Uh, but but I really buy her as this character, and I, I think she does a good job. Uh, Yasmin Simone uh, plays Katniss, her her older sister. She is a spitfire of a woman. She is a strong woman. She knows what she wants. She's not going to take any shit off of anybody. And, and I, I really enjoy her performance because she... She plays that protective older sister, that older sister that is going to tell it like it is, whether you like it or not, sort of thing. Uh, I, I really enjoyed her, and Josiah Young, uh, as a young actor, uh, you know he's got he's got a lot of growing to do as an actor. There are some times where it kind of feels like he's just saying the lines, but there again he's young young actors that age 10 years old or so to find really good ones is is not easy so you know i've heard people talk about the fact that oh i've seen better kid actors well you know it's, they don't just fall off trees like apples uh you know they, they're they're uh, hard to find and once they once people do find them studios find them they're snatched up for big movies and things like that not netflix tv shows that's not to say that you know you can't find some some really good quality young actors but i don't think uh josiah young is a bad actor i just think he's a he's a young actor that's that's got some growing to do and like i said there are some times where some of his lines feel a little like he's just reading lines but then there are other times. Where there is one scene where something's going on with Nicole and Dion is upset. He's afraid he's going to have to say goodbye to his mom. And he starts crying. And I tell you what, I was like, wow, this, this kid does have acting chops. Josiah Young's got some acting chops. Uh, I don't know what they did. Or how they prepared him to do that scene. But his weeping, openly weeping, just... Uh, it was heartbreaking. It was heart-wrenching. And I felt every bit of that. And that's that's what I... That's the the diamond in the rough that I think uh, the people who created the show see in that young actor. And he does a good job. Uh, I, w- I will say that the Dion Warren character can be a bit annoying. Uh, there are sometimes he can be sweet as can be and uh, sweet as a bug. Uh, that's what uh, Nicole calls him in this. Bug is his nickname. But there are other times he can be very annoying. And at first I was like, oh God, this, this actor is so annoying. But I, I don't think it's the actor so much as I think it's how it's written. And it is written like 10 year old kids are. I probably annoyed the bejesus out of my parents and my relatives uh, when I was ten years old. I, I, I would put hard money on that, but, but that's how kids are. They can be sweet and loving one minute, and just you just want to cuddle with them and and watch a movie, and then the next minute they can just be driving you nuts by annoying the crap out of you. That's how kids are, and I think this this child, this character, Dion Warren, is written like kids are at that age. And I think Josiah Young plays that very well. Like I said, it's going to be really fun to see if they stick with Josiah Young on this because uh, there was a post-credit scene in this that I am going to talk about that uh, makes me wonder if they're going to do a time jump in season three. I don't know, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see this kid grow as an actor. Uh, I'm really excited about that. But this season saw Dion uh, facing off against Braden. Braden's uh, you know, trying to lure Dion in, pretend like he's going to be his friend uh, be- over the under the influence of the crooked man, and turn Dion to the dark side. Uh, when that doesn't work, then it's straight up head on head, and it's it's so interesting to watch this to see two kids facing off against each other with powers we're so used to seeing full-grown adults or even teenagers uh, facing off with powers, but to see two little ten-year-old kids, kind of—I mean, there's no fight scenes between them where there's you know actual physical fisticuffs or anything like that. But but it is interesting to see, you know, these these two little kids. Uh, one's the good guy, one's the bad guy, and who's going to win? Uh, it is interesting to see that dynamic. I felt the climax was was good. It was fun to see Dion and. And Tevin and Janelle uh, all using their powers to fight the minions of uh, Brayden's dark entity inside of him. As well as Nicole. Uh, She's taken kickboxing lessons and she's put that to good use in this finale. Uh, I thought the end, how they vanquished that dark Force inside of Braden. I thought that felt a little cheesy and a little hokey, and kind of a uh, you know the the greatest superpower is love. That's that's true in real life. Don't get me wrong. I'm not poo pooing that, but in a in a TV show where people have superpowers, uh, it just it came across as a little saccharine sweet. But I am going to get into a little bit of spoiler territory right now uh, because there are some things about how this season ended and a ps scene that uh really draws a lot of questions as to what's going to go on in the future of this this series but uh but if you're you're going to stop right now uh i i really like season 2 i think i like season 2 better than season 1 because they they you know i understand that they were trying to bring to light issues in that first season but i like that they they, they did that and they're moving on and they're just focusing on a really good story and a story I think and, and characters I think are really uh necessary um because I I know there's a lot of fans out there uh, of comic books and horror and fantasy and science fiction uh people of color and there hasn't always been the best representation in in those genres and I like to see how they they're they're taken. Uh, a character. and, And I'm not a big fan of gender swapping and race swapping. I understand why it needs to be done and is done sometimes, but I'm not a fan of that. You know, there are a lot of cool characters that have yet to be created. And there's no reason why new characters can't be uh, people of color, different genders, different, you know, backgrounds. I, I think there's a lot of room for new characters, uh, and I think there's a huge audience willing to embrace uh, new characters that, that show diversity and inclusion And sometimes the inclusion in this, especially the down with the patriarchy stuff, there's some down with the patriarchy aspects of this that seem a little forced, a little heavy handed, but not so much that it takes you out. But that, you know, like I said, I, I enjoyed this. Uh, this second season, I enjoyed the whole, I've enjoyed both seasons, but I've enjoyed this second season even more than the first one uh, because one, they're developing really good characters and it's cool to see different characters, uh, people of color in these lead roles in a superhero show. Uh, I think that's cool, and I've really enjoyed that and look forward to more in the future with this. Now, like I said, I'm going to leave anyone who wants to hasn't seen this and wants to leave, uh, I, I wish you would stick around because uh, I don't mind spoilers. But if you don't like spoilers very much, then uh, I will bid you adieu, and we'll talk next time. But uh, for anyone that's sticking around, uh, I've got some spoilers we're going to talk about right now. Uh, one of the things that... I thought would have been very interesting because this all ends. If you've seen the show, uh, Nicole gets infected by this plant that the the crooked man in in Braden uh, creates. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to to unpack there as far as the weather twos and the Y fours of that. But she gets infected and feels she's going to die. And they spend a good portion of the last probably the sixth and seventh episode kind of preparing for that uh she makes a video for Dion. she's trying to put people in place to raise him after she's gone and they make it seem like she is going to die and i thought that would have been an interesting thing place to take this show the show is called raising Dion" uh for season one and all of season two We've seen his mother, his single mother raising him. And not that I want to get rid of Alicia Wainwright on the show because I really like her as an actress and I really like her as this character, but it would have been an interesting thing to see if she had died on the show and how all these other characters that she has set up as his, his village, Janelle and her mother, Tevin, Nicole's sister, Kat and and take raising Dion from the, well, his mother is raising him to these this group of people are now raising him,, um, taking care of him. That, that would have been interesting to see. I, I think you probably could have still brought Alicia Wainwright uh, back in some sort of uh, reoccurring role, maybe as flashbacks, maybe as, you know, videos she made for Dion or, you know, Dion, the way his powers work, he can make up his own powers. Maybe he could manifest her, uh, an image of her somehow and, and talk with her kind of, kind of very Dexter and his dad, uh, in nature. But I, I think that would have been an interesting road to take it down. Like I said, I am glad that they didn't kill off uh, Nicole Warren, because like I said, I, I really enjoy Alicia Wainwright's performance as Nicole. So, uh, you know, it, it would have been an interesting road to take this series down, but uh, I'm not disappointed that they didn't do that. I, I did think it was a little hokey uh, when they used Nicole just uh, giving Brayden love and telling him he's not alone. And that made the, the, the dark entity leave and everybody that was infected by the the plants that the dark entity uh, created, the crooked man created, uh, it was like like in the the vampire movies where you kill the head vampire and all the other vampires turn into regular people again. That just seemed a little too easy and a little too uh, no stakes because nobody ends up getting hurt really. Uh, but I understand this show uh, has some kid aspects to it kids are going to definitely be watching this and I, I get why they didn't want to do that now the one thing that really interested me is that i noticed once the credit started you didn't get the uh coming up next do you want to watch this on netflix it just played through the credit so i was like we're getting a ps scene uh and sure enough at the end you get this ps scene it looks in the f- kind of i don't know it can't be the too distant future but maybe it kind of is but you see this army of uh, black clad uh, i don't know whether they're robots they've got kind of a night rider eyes and you see this hooded figure all dressed in black he looks like uh he went to a uh an snm/ slash uh, renaissance fair shop and bought all the black leathery stuff and it's it's pat who's who's got He's got some highlights. He got his hair did, uh, and he looks he looks different. He looks older, and he has embraced the villain that he became at the end, um, because he came back with no powers. Tried to be the good guy. Tried to help out Nicole. Tried to help out everyone, and nobody would give him forgiveness. And that's kind of one of the themes we'll talk about here shortly. But. He decided to embrace embrace the full villain aesthetic and injected himself with all these superpowers uh, from the genes of all these superpowered people and became a a villain. And that's who we're going to see as the villain in season three. But one of the cool things, he's coming up marching on Atlanta because the show takes place in Atlanta and we see a superhero uh, dressed in black and looks like an upgraded version of the last scene we see with Dion. Because at the very end, Dion is getting ready to go do his rounds uh, <laughs> around the neighborhood and make sure the streets are safe. And his mother is letting him go, uh, embracing the fact that he is growing up and that she needs to let him start being, uh, being his own man. And But we see uh, an adult dressed like an upgraded version of the last costume we see Dion in. And this character flies down. We never really get a good look at his face, but we hear this voice say that he is the mind mover because he moves things with his mind. That's Dion's thing. So this is obviously in the future. This is obviously Dion has grown up and Pat is this big villain. Dion is this big superhero and is, what is this? Is this going to be, are we going to get a time jump for season three? I, Again, I don't know what to make of it because are, are they going to leave the the whole raising Dion behind and and flash forward? I, I wouldn't think they would because I think a lot of the charm of this show is the fact that it's this single mom raising a kid with superpowers. Are we going to get like a split uh, storyline where we see, you know, things in the present, Dion and his mom. And then we maybe get some some bit of a storyline in the future between future Pat and future Dion. I I don't know. It just leaves a lot of questions that need to be answered, and we're not going to get those questions answered until next season, which uh, I'm hoping that uh, we are going to get because this just released on February first, and I don't think I haven't seen any information as to whether it is renewed. For a third season yet, but as soon as we find out anything, I uh, will definitely pass that along on our Facebook fan page. But it will be interesting to see where they take this show uh, coming up in season three. So I-, I really enjoyed raising Dion. Like I said, this is a kind of show that uh, kids can watch, adults can watch with their kids, or like me, I don't have kids, but I just enjoyed it. I like good superhero stories this seems like an interesting superhero origin story uh the story we don't get to see where where you know Jonathan and Martha Kent are raising uh baby Clark Kent or or 10-year-old Clark Kent and the trouble he's getting into and, and that sort of thing it, it's 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 a fun aspect of a superhero origin that we don't usually get to see and If you're a fan of of comic books, you're gonna love this. If you're a fan of science fiction, you're gonna love this. Uh, You know, even if you're not into that, there's a lot of things people can latch on to. Like you know, parents and single moms are gonna be able to, uh, and single dads are gonna be able to enjoy this because of that aspect of it. Uh, Kids are gonna like all the fun. Aspects of this. There are some darker things that happen, but nothing too bad. There's a lot of inclusion in this, so that's nice to see in this genre that has been uh, predominantly, you know, one-note for for a lot of years. Uh, you know, you get some characters from time to time in horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. Uh, people of color, people with different uh, backgrounds and ethnicities, but uh, but it's nice to see uh, a concerted effort to create characters and create stories uh, that aren't just, you know, a bunch of white guys uh, or girls. So there's a lot here for people to enjoy. And I certainly did enjoy. uh, I've enjoyed this season thus far. Both seasons of raising Dion. Like I said, I think this season raised the bar a little bit from from the first season. I certainly enjoyed the first season, but I I really enjoyed this one uh, even more. And I'm excited to see where they take this. So I want to thank everyone for uh, checking this out, this podcast. If you want to find out more about what's going on with Odds Curiosity Shop, check out our Facebook page. We're always posting trailers from the latest movies and shows that are coming out. Uh, also finding articles on horror, fantasy, and sci-fi that we think are going to interest you uh, from all over the internet, sharing them there in kind of one location. And you can check that out Leave comments, like posts, you know, add your thoughts to uh, whatever we're talking about. And, of course, you can always subscribe to this uh, podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Subscribe, download it, share it with uh, anybody that you know that loves these great genres of horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. And would enjoy listening to me uh, wax, uh, well I won't say wax intellectual, uh, but just wax on <laughs> whatever uh we happen to be talking about at any given time but uh please uh, share this podcast and uh, give us a review five stars would be awesome and we would appreciate it so until next time thank you for visiting odds Bodkin's curiosity shop we hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon but even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop. <laughs>